Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your happy host, Madeline Carafa, self-proclaimed health enthusiast and full-time hustler. Through storytelling, I combined health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of some of the most influential and inspiring hustlers. Whether you're looking for an engaging and easy to digest pep talk or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers podcast is your go-to for kicking butt in work and play. Today, I am joined by one of our country's favourite journalists, Georgia Love. We fell in love with her as she graced our TV screens as The Bachelorette on Channel 10 in 2016, while she fell madly in love with her now fiancé, Lee. Bursting with energy, Georgia has the most delightful and friendly personality. She is wise, beautifully articulated and confident in her own skin. As an ambassador for iron deficiency, Georgia joined me in celebration of Iron Deficiency Awareness Day and explains how she found out she was iron deficient and how she now manages it. I hope you enjoy this conversation of the Healthy Hustlers. Introducing Australia's newest feel-good place for all things health, beauty and wellness. Beautifullyhealthy.com.au is here. Your new must-go-to shop for all your health, beauty and wellness needs. Hello, Georgia, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for joining me. We're in my house. I've got my cats on the couch in the background, so you're very much in my space. So oh, I you am. <laughs> it is a beautiful space. I was admiring your home. It's so nice. I could definitely spend a lot of time here with that beautiful natural light pouring we do, in. We don't get off the couch. <laughs> I love it. That's what a home should be for. <laughs> so I always like studying the conversation in the same way, and that is by finding out something about you that most people might not necessarily know and I feel like you know these days with social media people really feel like they know every single thing about people and you're in the public eye as well so is there something fun or quirky that you can tell us that yeah people might know about Georgia Love? I I find it hard to answer that question because I'm such an open person so I kind of just I talk about whatever but I think of what most people would know about me something that surprises a lot of people is that I've actually done lots of musical theatre productions in the past. Oh, wow. So I think people know I'm a massive musical theatre nerd. I love yeah. it. Um, but I've actually done uh, quite a few productions myself. Amazing. Um, yeah, what ones have you done? Um, Phantom of the Opera, uh, Greece, Chicago. Oh, uh, I could Rock so see you in Greece. <laughs> yeah, I was Frenchy, obviously. <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so, so I think good. that surprises people. They think I'm just a musical theatre nerd and obsesso. But yeah. And where did so that come from? <laughs> um, my parents were both just like loved musicals. Okay. They're not theatrical at all. Okay. Like at all. They've got no musical sense whatsoever, but they just loved musical theatre. So, you know, when, I don't know, back when we were growing up, the music that you heard was just what your parents played in the car. Absolutely, like, yes. These days kids are like, you know, grinding to Nicki Minaj and stuff. <laughs> but we were listening to Billy Joel and Elton John and musical theatre soundtracks. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they would, we'd go on road trips and they'd just play the score of Miss Saigon. Like I knew – my my religious education is through Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, like, I love that. <laughs> that is so good. So my sister and I both just kind of grew up loving it. And then um, 
yeah, I found myself doing it a bit. That's awesome. I love that you've continued that as well. It's so funny. I actually always say, like, I wonder what artists or music we'll be listening to when we're our parents' age, being like, oh, this is one from our time. I feel like I'm already doing that. I'm 31 and I'm already got, like, Gold FM and my high school songs. I'm like, what is happening? I know. It's so funny, though, because you do. You just listen to, you know, what your parents do and you hear that song and you're like, oh, this reminds me of my childhood. And now I'm like, I wonder what our kids will think about that and so on. I was like, our kids will grow up on musical theatre exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> One it. Of your EDM stuff that you like. <laughs> that is so good. So, can you talk to us a little bit about your childhood? I'd love to get a sneak peek into Georgia as a young girl. Yeah, gosh. Um, I was just good, happy, easy, very kind of, you know, normal middle class. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Bayside in Melbourne. Love, love, loved where I grew up and went to private girls' school, like really kind of cliche Bayside growing up. My family were very close. We're a little family, just myself, my sister and mum and dad. Like we, we've got cousins and aunties and uncles and yes. stuff. It was always the four of us. We're just oh, really that's close. So nice. We travelled a lot, which is where mm-hmm. I've got my love from uh, for travel from as well. We, yes. we were very lucky to travel a lot growing up and, yeah, just really kind of normal, happy Family life. Oh, that's not really anything so to write home about. No, <laughs> but what a nice upbringing to yeah, have that, and to have happy. a sister as well. I always yeah. think that's such a special bond. Oh, it wasn't when we were young. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like a common thread. Actually, we, we had exactly the same sense of humour, so that was what we got along over. But that yes. was it. We yeah. clashed big time. Okay. This is the most love family thing ever. Um, the biggest fight we ever had. She threw a tap shoe at my head. Oh wow. <laughs> Goodness, that would have hurt. <laughs> See, that was my family. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. So aligning with the theme of the show, The Healthy Hustlers, what is one thing that you have been absolutely nailing lately to keep your hustle nice and healthy? I know you're in the crazy time of the year. Yeah. So what's something you've been doing to stay nice and healthy? It really, it's a crazy time of year for everyone, isn't it? It, it gets absolutely. so mental um, at this end of the year. And I've been traveling a lot recently, which is fantastic. I'm uh, That's a, a very great thing I'm very grateful for that but it does put you completely out of whack Mm. and you know different time zones and being on and off planes and stuff so it's hard to have any kind of routine working freelance at all but especially traveling so much um so the one thing I've been trying to really do at the moment to make sure I'm, I'm kind of staying on top of my health. One thing is making sure I'm getting enough sleep, no matter where in the world I am and what I'm doing. That's yes. really, really important. Mm-hmm. And going for big, long walks. Ah, nice. I think when when I travel, especially, I mean, when I'm saying in you know, different time zones and stuff, I've been to the US and the UK mm-hmm. in the last two months and here and, and all sorts of places. So I've been really shifting time zones in small bits of time. So I find if I kind of hit the ground running, literally, yes. um, I'll burn out. But mm-hmm. when I go away, I try to go for a really big walk when I get there, even yeah. if it's something like, so Lee and I went to London and we arrived at 6am and we went, okay, well, let's just put our stuff down and just go and walk the streets yeah. and just walk around London. And doing that, you're moving and um, that's, you know, good, that's good for you, but also kind of 
keeping us up mm. and then making sure we get tired enough to be able to sleep absolutely at night as well so I think that sounds really kind of basic but I think that's no I think they're great tips and to be honest sleep is such a common theme throughout the whole podcast it's what yeah. all the guests say which I love because I just yeah. think sleep is so important and we sometimes forget how important it actually is to let our body restore and you know all the hard work it's doing it's as a society we almost start to look at sleep as like I don't have time for that. Yeah, I don't yes. have time. And like, oh, that, it's cool because it I'm so busy and I don't have time for yeah. sleep. And I'm like, that is not cool. Not like, cool. I feel like I've been hit by a bus if I don't have my exactly. like seven hours sleep. I think it was Mark Wahlberg, sorry if it wasn't, whoever it was, yeah. it, like came out recently and saying their day, kind of their schedule for the day and li- literally had three and a half hours sleep a night, would get up and do a two-hour workout uh, at 4am and Oh, stuff. yes. My husband was saying something about someone who got up at 4am. Yeah, to do and a two-hour workout because they've like, got too much to do during the day. Uh, and I actually think, and I'm not, you know, complete gym body goals or anything, but I, as a healthy person, yeah. sleep is as important as 100%. going to the gym. 100%. More. Yeah. Anyway, Definitely. You know. I totally agree with you. And at the moment I'm trying to figure out, you know, with a newborn, my own little Georgia, yeah, <laughs> um, trying to figure out, you know, what to I can't do it all now. So it's like, what do I really prioritize? And sleep for me, I'm 100% going to pick sleep anytime over going to the gym. I was saying that to you oh when gosh, I got yeah. here. I was like, oh, the gym's the last thing to yeah, fall to the wayside. No. And you were running That's around. if I have time. Yeah, exactly. My mum always said when, as soon as you've got a toddler or says, you know, a, a baby who's yeah. walking, like you don't have to worry about the gym because you are <laughs> running true. after them all day. <laughs> I needed to start walking then. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you are a very loved and well-respected journalist here in Australia. Can you give us a little insight into what actually sparked your interest in studying journalism and and your career path so far? Yeah, I've always just been a bit of a news nerd. Um, I don't remember a time where I wasn't really interested. Really? I I really, you know, enjoyed reading the paper. I watched the news every night. Even as a young kid? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. um, I just always really enjoyed it. I don't remember there being a time when I went, I want to be a newsreader or, you know, yes. I want to report on the news. I just kind of always knew that that was something I was interested in. We had a, a good family friend, or still do, who was a newsreader. Yes. And so I think growing up kind of seeing him and going, God, you've got a cool job because yeah. I was, I loved the news. I always thought that's such a cool job. And then I go, oh, well, maybe I want to do that too. I don't know. I think that was maybe in the back of my mind seeing him doing it so amazing I love that when there's someone that you kind of aspire to in a way or you it sparks that interest of their career looks really fun and really fulfilling life looks awesome they get to do that every day for work and then you get to an age where you kind of go oh hang on I could try to do that too absolutely (laughs) so where did you study at, at RMIT. Okay, in Melbourne. Here in Melbourne. Um, yeah, nice. yeah, so studied journalism. Yeah. Um, they've just got a really good course for broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's okay. a lot of great journalism yes. courses. Particularly when I did it, they were seen as kind of the number one for that, for um, broadcast. And that's what I wanted to do, TV or radio. I just really – TV I especially love because you've got all elements. You've got the sound – you know, the audio, you've got mm-hmm. the visuals, the pictures of what's actually happening and you've got the words that go along with it. So that yes. just really always interested me and I didn't think I was going to get into the course because it's stupidly hard to get into, yes. ATAR-wise, 
but I just worked my bum off in year 12. And Go girl, that's yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> so good. So how has being the bachelorette, that was, it was 2006, 16. was it? 16, yeah. 2006. Well, that's not quite totally that not right. <laughs> I told you the baby brain might come it into play today. like that long. <laughs> 2016. Um, how has that skyrocketed your career in a bit or allowed you to do more scope of work now in you know reporting and presenting and that sort of stuff yeah it hasn't helped my news career yes it okay. in fact has hindered yes my news career okay but it has helped with a lot of other work yeah. that I do now of course it has hindered my my news career and I'll preface by saying I knew that that was like I was going to ask that actually did you expect that going that into the show That was one thing that made me really question whether I should do the show or not Okay um I'd worked really hard to first get into journalism second to get my first job in regional mm-hmm. Victoria which was an absolute asshole of a job <laughs> did that worked hard there to then get the next job which was finally you know on camera and it was in Launceston in Tasmania and yeah. then worked really hard there worked my way up to Hobart because that was the biggest studio I worked really hard there ended up um you know being a senior reporter and then actually reading the news down there as well so I'd worked my ass off mm-hmm. to get where I was in my career yes. and I knew that if I went on one a reality show two pashed guys and cried on tv <laughs> i wouldn't be taken seriously as a journalist yes okay and that really terrified me because i love my job and i love mm-hmm. what i do but i also think we're at a time in the world where it's a bit more acceptable for news readers and news reporters to have a life that mm-hmm. other people see i still get that there's an integrity kind of measure there but I think had I been looking at doing this 10 years ago, I never would have been able to get back into news. Okay. But I think that with social media and everyone's lives being so open to everyone these days, there is a bit more of a blurred line. That said, I don't think that I'd probably end up presenting 60 Minutes. <laughs> I would love to. That's still where my passion lies. But I understand that I'm not so much seen in that light For anymore. S- yes. Okay. But, of course, having got a, a national profile for through doing mm. Bachelorette, I've been incredibly lucky to get lots of opportunities that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And and it's funny because I look at it and sometimes I go, by this stage of my career, I would have been a lot further in my journalism career had yes. I not done The Bachelorette, but I wouldn't be doing so many of the other amazing things that I'm doing. Yeah. So it's, it depends what mood I'm in when I wake up. I was going to say. Do I say you... it was a good idea or not? <laughs> Well, you met your now fiancé, Lee, exactly. so obviously a very good move. Um, can you shed a little bit of light on, yeah, finding love and, and Lee's journey together so far? Yeah, well, I went I went on the show really probably naively. Yes. I just 100% believed that it would work. I, I 100%. So good. There was no doubt in I my love mind. that approach. I think that's the best approach to have to anything really in life. It probably was a bit naive, but mm. I don't know, maybe my just – complete blindness to that was the reason it worked. I yes. threw myself so hard into it. Also remember when I did it, Sam Frost and Blake Garvey was were the only couple who hadn't worked. Every oh. single other couple oh, was still yes. together. I forgot about that series. Yeah, oh, my God. goodness. Oh, he <laughs> should not be named. <laughs> <laughs> but they, everyone else, every other couple had, was still together. Success stories. So yeah. I looked at this and gone, well, 
it works. Mm-hmm. Not it can work, it does. It does. Yeah. And I believe in a certain level of fate and opportunity and things happening for a reason. And I was approached about going on Bachelorette. So I thought, right, I haven't, you know, gone and sought this out. It's come to me. So that must mean that I am going to meet my soulmate yep. on this show. It's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I just really, really, really believed it. So I took it very seriously. And Lee was almost the opposite. He was really? like, it was if I'm going to meet someone I actually want to end up with <laughs> on a show like that. But So he was approached as well. Okay. But he thought, you know what, effort, yeah. it'll be fun experience. And, hey, if I meet a girl, like how cool, how cool. is that? Yeah. Probably won't. It's bloody reality TV. <laughs> but let's see what happens. And Love it. then, yeah, on our first meeting we exchanged dad jokes and we're both just total dorks and we're like, uh-oh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is so good. And it's so funny because even still your captions on Instagram, I'm like, every time I'm like, oh my goodness, you two are just the best pair. You're so well. People always think we do that because we're together and it's our thing. But I love, you know, there's like Facebook memories. Yes. I always get these memories pop up of like my really bad pun captions from seven years ago and stuff. I'm like, see? I've always been like that. (laughs) And you just bonded over it. I love it. (laughs) Did you know kind of from the start that Lee was, you know, pretty special? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He was always my favourite the whole way through. And that's it. You know, as I said, I did take it really seriously. I let myself go on dates with other people and really explore options there. Yes. Um, But the reason I know and I can really say confidently he was always my favourite was – one of the girls who worked on the show would at random times just, you know, sometimes first thing in the morning, sometimes when I was getting my makeup done, like at different moods, she'd go, top two right now, go. Oh. And she'd say that just to no kind pressure. of make me think about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, the, and it cha- the top two changed every single time she asked me, but Lee was always in oh, that. Oh, that's was the so only nice. one that was always in that. Yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah. he definitely won you over very early on. <laughs> that's so nice. So that year was also really difficult for you though because you did lose your mum. Mm. That was just after the show airing. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in April. Yes. Um, I filmed from June to August mm-hmm. and the show aired September, October. Okay. So – the finale of Bachelorette, when it went to air, was essentially then when our relationship really started yes. because that's when we could kind of, you know, be together in public. Um, and mum passed away 24 hours after the finale. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. No one knew how quick it would be. No one, well, no, not no one. My sister and I didn't know that it would be was that terminal, fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, until really late on. And mum and dad. I think probably knew that she was terminal but Mm. didn't know it would be that quick either. I get a lot of flack from trolls online um, about going on the show when mum was sick but I never, I don't regret a thing about it. Um, My mum wanted me to do it. She wanted me to have this amazing experience. Uh, She wanted me to meet somebody lovely. She wanted to know that I had, had met someone and, you know, would hopefully spend the rest of my life with. And it was also a really, really lovely distraction for all of the family in a good Absol- way. Distraction yeah, sounds absolutely. like a negative word, but in a good way. You need that when you're going through so much That's heartbreak exactly and it. emotion and something Mom you've never experienced a- yeah. before. So, Mum didn't want to sit around talking about her the fact she was sick the whole time. She didn't yeah. want anyone talking about that. Mm. So, you know, we had this weird thing that none of the any of us had ever experienced that was fun yeah. and something interesting to talk about. 
so we did and we would and it was a nice distraction and yeah. it meant we were all hanging out together and doing stuff together but not talking about her. About her. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Beautifully Healthy, an exciting destination for online shoppers who are passionate about their health and beauty. As an online health, beauty and wellness community, you'll benefit from the range of relevant on-trend brands at affordable prices, personalized offers, gifts, specials and rewards. You'll also have access to rich content and easy to navigate web pages to make your shopping experience simple and easy. It's the feel-good place for all your health, beauty and wellness needs. So hustle your way to beautifullyhealthy.com.au and register. That's all you need to do to receive a $20 gift voucher. Could you talk to me a little bit about how you protected or I guess if you were able to protect your mental well-being during that Mm -hmm. time? Like you've just found the love of your life Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're on this own roller coaster of love and you know the show going to air and everyone in the country knowing who you are to also losing you know the closest and most important person in your life how did you kind of yeah manage your mental well-being I didn't yeah (laughs) pretty much and I only know that now in hindsight yeah I pretty pretty close to failed at that yeah I was okay let's forget for a second what happened with mum mm-hmm Meeting somebody in the circumstances that we did, everything is heightened, everything is Mm fast-tracked and then the cameras stop and you're left to work out that relationship on your own but in a really unworldly way. Yes. You know, you've already said I love you, you've already kind of (laughs) promised so much to each other and but you haven't really gone on, you haven't gone out to dinner together. Yeah, just a movie on the couch. Yeah. So there's the navigating the start of a new full-on relationship. There's doing that in the public eye. There's yeah. all the weirdness that comes from how obsessed people are with this show of everyone wanting to know your every move. So that's that's hard anyway. Mm-hmm. There's uh, I think a lot of people that come off these shows struggle with their mental health throughout that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then forget that all that happened and just talk about losing the most important person in your life yeah. and grief and, and unexpected grief. As I said, we we weren't prepared for her mm. to die. We we didn't really know or think she was terminal. So there was coming to terms with that and dealing with that and then put the two of those together. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it was pretty You're allowed to swear. <laughs> no, I did it anyway. Um, yeah, it was, it was the first six months particularly, but even the first year was just I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, it's okay. really, it's a funny thing that the human brain does to kind of protect, protect you almost. You. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't really remember. People say to me, you know, I don't know, even dumb little things like they ask me if I've seen a movie. I'm like, no, I've never seen that. And Lee's like, we went to the movies and when I watched that, I was like, I've absolutely no recollection. Silly little remember things it. like yeah. that. Yeah, my brain's just kind of like, oh, too much to deal with in that time. But what I do know and I do remember is that I didn't handle a lot of it well. Yeah. I made sure I was really busy, which was probably the wrong thing to do. Mm. I didn't sit down and kind of feel it all and deal with it all. You know, when things were tough with my relationship, I'd put all my focus on that and ignore the grief and vice versa. When the grief was really bad, that affected the relationship because I was, you know, going through this deep grief and expecting Lee to make me feel better and know what to do. And he's not, you know, he's not so much as lost a family dog. Yes. You know, he doesn't, he didn't know how to deal with that. And that's, that's, yeah. And I was Mm. putting so much pressure on him because 
also the fact that, you know, I'd, I'd had to leave my job for yes. The Bachelorette. I was then there with I'd, I'd left this job that I loved. I'd, my whole life had been flipped upside down. I was putting all this pressure on going, if it doesn't work with you, what have I done all this for? Mm. Everything's fucked if it doesn't. Yeah. And that was, you know, obviously not good on him. Yeah, so I, I was a, a ball, a wreck for it's like about your a year. mind starts creating situations that haven't happened oh, yet absolutely. as well in your relationship absolutely. because it's like, yeah, protecting you. I just put you. so much pressure on him making me feel better. Mm. Like when I say, you know, we're under pressure, it wasn't that. It was just that I was really unfairly going, well, you're the good thing in my life. I don't have, like I left my job. Yeah. My family's all up in the air. I'm living mm. in a different state because I'd moved from Tassie and everything. Like you're the good thing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're Make good and yes. you're making me happy. And then, well, yeah. So mental health wasn't good um, for probably a good year there. And I think I kind of got out of that rut slowly but surely by realising that. I think yeah, it was okay. a, a bit of a realisation. You know, so there was, was there kind of a like a reality, something that happened? Was there a reality check or something that Lee said or did that kind of made you think, okay, I need to figure this out a bit more? Um, you know? I, I don't remember like a kind of a moment. Mm. I think it was just more a, a general realisation by me that I was probably really, really, really difficult to – live with yeah. and deal with and everything and he was still there. Yeah. And he kept putting that even though I was putting all this on him and he was still there. I think it was kind of a general realisation after a while that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I need to step up here a bit. Yeah. You know, I don't need to be scared about all of that. Things with my family started kind of falling apart a little bit as so often happens when there's mm. a loss of a parent, um, people grieving differently and reacting differently and moving on at different times. And I think that probably woke me up to a lot. My sister and I really bonded over Mm. that. I think a lot of it was also seeing my dad and my sister's reactions and their grief and how they were handling it and me kind of looking at that and going, I'm doing it differently and that's okay. And I almost, I love my dad and my sister, but looking at the way they were grieving, I didn't want to grieve like that. So almost shone a bit of a light Mm -hmm. on that or, or kind of, put a bit of a mirror on it Yeah, and I went, definitely. Okay, I don't want to handle it like that so yeah. I need to pull myself out of this. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. a testament to your relationship though that in the first year to go through something like that and to get through it and to be where you are today is so incredible and just amazing, amazing to see. You definitely made the right choice. I definitely like, did. I find it so funny yeah. when people say that, like you chose the right guy. I'm like, well, I know. It wasn't really no, but I choice. Think, you know, and, and I more say that because, yeah, I've been with my partner for eight years and, yeah. and he lost his his dad. And, yeah, so going through that, it's absolutely horrible. And yeah. I think, you know, it's such a testament to be able to get through that stage and to still come out, you know, loving each well, other we and being each other's that. support person. Yeah. But to do it so early in the piece well, is he just didn't know yeah really. exactly like or you your, do, or your you family can fall really in love with someone and not really know them absolutely and he thought you know he had this the person who he had met and fallen in love with then was gone because yes. this person was replaced with this like skeleton of grief yeah so I, I often often think that if we're bickering about you know putting the dishes away or making yeah. the bed I think well hang on this is <laughs> you know from shit. absolutely we're, right. <laughs> we're doing pretty good. <laughs> So something that I um, heard you mention, and I guess, you know, it, it shows through your social media and that, that you guys did move slower, I guess, than compared to the other 
contestants yeah. on The Bachelor, which I love so much because, you know, I'm sure if you just met in everyday life, you would do that. Was that a conscious decision or was it something that you often spoke about? Yeah, or yeah, did it, it just, was. Yeah. It was quite conscious. We both said, you know, we're the same kind of person. Mm. Like I said, we were both ready to meet someone, but he wasn't sure if he would on the show, whereas I was like, I know that I will, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to get married and have a baby yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to be with someone who loves me. Yeah. Because the process of it is so strange and so heightened and so fast-tracked, we're both just normal, reasonable people and we said really openly to each other, just because we've met in this way doesn't mean our relationship needs to be fast-tracked and heightened. And then even more so with losing mum, yes, everything else came. Every, it just everything was real. Yes. It wasn't a fantasy anymore. It wasn't mm-hmm. the batchy bubble. Yeah. Everything was real. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we spoke. We spoke about that very openly and very often, and we're both very much on the same page. That mm-hmm. you know, I'm not ready for kids. He, yeah. He and he's not phased yet. You know, and he doesn't have to worry about a body clock. So he's yeah. like, you're ready. And and I'm yeah, not, lucky I man. Hey? Them, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want kids yet and wasn't in a rush to be married. I want to be married someday but was, wasn't in a rush for that. I much prefer to know that I'm with the person that I can go through all the ups and downs yes. with. The only positive of all that weird, horrible first year is, as you said, you know, we're, we're much stronger. But we also have we had our honeymoon period kind of like recently. Yeah, that's <laughs> we, so We nice. skipped the honeymoon period because it yep. just all was so – Real and came crashing down so soon. But then I think it was moving in together. It was like we had this full-on honeymoon period. I love that. Yeah, which it's was really so nice. nice. And you need that when you're further into a relationship yeah. as well. And, you know, you're probably going to have another one once you guys get married yeah. and then the baby. So it's so nice having those little moments of yeah. like, oh, we're going through this really loved-up stage again. Yeah, exactly. And also just... we've already been through a heap of shit. Mm-hmm. So you're not kind of blinded or dazzled by the honeymoon phase. It's like, no, 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 we've been through the shit. We're allowed the honeymoon phase Absolutely. You enjoy it even more, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) So true. So now something I did want to chat to you about was confidence and self-love. And as I said to you, I've got my own little girl, Georgia, now, and Tegan and I actually did an episode this week on confidence. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot having a little girl is how I really Mm. instill that confidence and self-love in her. And, you know, you have got your fair share of, I guess, trolling and, you know, nasty articles written about you, but you really have such a thick skin and I admire that so much. Has there been anything that's happened to you that's allowed you to kind of build that thicker skin or how do you kind of stay really resilient to that nasty online comments and behaviour? It's hard to answer because it's just kind of who I am. Mm. I've always been, um, you know, really sure of who I am and okay with that. Not in a if you I'm better than everyone, I know who I am. Not that, yeah. just kind of going, I just know that it's realistic and the more that the world is connected, people aren't going to like you. It's really mm. look at everyone you've ever met in your life. Do you like them all? Yeah. No. Does it matter? No. People aren't going to like me and I'm okay with that. But if yeah. I know who I am and then that means I'm surrounding myself with people who also do and love me for that reason, it doesn't matter what everyone else says. And maybe it's, it's um, you know, it was probably – in inverted commas, easier for me than a lot of other people who've come off reality TV because I had that somewhat TV background from very different doing news. But I was in Tassie for four years and doing, you know, reading the news down there means that a lot of people who know who you are. So I kind of almost had a bit of a buffer of 
people knowing who I was and commenting mm-hmm. on me and how I looked and how I spoke or anything like that. So it was probably a bit of a buffer. It wasn't that I was just completely plucked off the street and then all of a sudden everyone knew my just name put, and yes. wanted to comment on my body or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know how or why. I think I just my parents always just taught me that, just yeah. taught me that it doesn't you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else and you know, told me that I was great and then I kind of believed that because I did things like I did well at school and I had yeah. great friends and mm-hmm. I loved how I grew up and I don't know, terrified. I'm not even close to having kids but it terrifies me to have kids growing up these days and not knowing how to yeah. help them through all that, you know, trolling and bullying and stuff. But I think it just really comes back to back to being in your head and realising yeah. that it doesn't matter Absolutely. what other people think. It doesn't mm. matter. And I loved what you touched on about surrounding yourself, you know, with the right people. And I yeah. think so many of us get trapped into not recognising who our circle is and what impact they're actually having on us, their opinions, their comments, whatever it is like that also plays such a massive impact on the way that we're feeling. And I know, you know, personally just being surrounded by people who lift you up and a, yeah. and a partner who supports you is is so, so important to your self-confidence and self-worth and self-love. I feel so, like it's, it's hard because it's easy to say that in your 30s because you kind of, you can look back and go, yeah, oh, you know, and even like more so the older you get. But it is that, gosh, it's that. I've probably always been good at that. And I think it's a lot of it for me has been to do with I've moved away a lot and been in different places and that's almost been a good kind of buffer for me Mm -hmm. too. So straight after uni I actually did 18 months working in resorts around the world and it was right at that time when everyone was 21. So all the 21sts were happening, everyone was hanging out every weekend and then over the next 18 months people, you know, got full-time jobs, got different friends and kind of stopped hanging out in those groups. So I came back thinking my life was going to be exactly the same as when it had left. But no, all my friends had different friends and they weren't hanging out with the same people. And it was a real eye-opener of who was still there after I'd not been around for 18 months. And Mm. I think that was a really good, like, early lesson into who your true friends are and knowing that you don't have to see someone every week to be the best friend but also, I don't know, a good realisation who your real friends are. And then moving down to Tassie, the same thing kind of happened and obviously going on the show that – uh, in a completely different light, people come out of the woodwork. Yeah, and you know that they're not your real friends because they haven't always been they're there. They're like, "Oh, hey, Georgia, how yeah, are you?" Exactly. I'm like, "Oh, we've been speaking for ages. Like, yes. I don't know. I haven't even known you." There's a reason school. why. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, so true. It's almost like when you travel as well in those younger years. If yeah. you, you know, do your Europe trip or whatever, you find out like the people you stay in contact and the ones that you don't. So exactly. it's always it's just interesting life experiences that teach you that. And I think the earlier you can have them, probably the better. Absolutely. The more You've got more luggage to to take around with you and yeah. know, know what's Luggage, um, that's a good way of putting it. I like that, carrying your own like, personal yeah, luggage. Exactly. Yeah, not so baggage. Good. That's yeah, got no, negative luggage. connotations, but luggage. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, now, this week is Iron Deficiency Awareness Week and that is something you have been diagnosed. Do you get diagnosed with iron deficiency? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So you've been diagnosed with iron deficiency. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about the signs and symptoms that you're experiencing to kind of become aware that that was what what it was? Yeah. So it was um, in 27, late 2017, I ended up taking myself to the doctor because for a good year and, you know, it was kind of a lot in that crazy year I was talking about, I was getting so run down. I was getting sick all the time. Any kind of little 
bug or virus or anything that would go around, I would get. And then even between those, I just felt, you know, that feeling of when you think you're getting sick. I had that constantly for a year. Every morning when the alarm went off, whether I'd had five hours sleep or nine, I couldn't open my eyes. I was lethargic and drained that whole time. Now, of course, I put a lot of that down to this life being crazy and lots of things going on and mental Mm -hmm. draining and all of that. But I, you know, I couldn't just keep feeling like that. So absolutely, I'd do things like, you know, I'd force myself out of bed to go to the gym because that would maybe make me, you know, wake me up or then mm. sleep better that night. Um, you know, I'd be doing vitamin C every morning so I didn't get sick. I'd be <sighs> dosing myself up an armor force. I was taking magnesium. I was trying to, you know, go for a walk before bed. Everything. I tried everything and I was just getting run down the whole time. So I eventually took myself to the doctor and just said, I don't know if I've got some something wrong, but I just I, it shouldn't be normal to feel like this. And it was just a simple blood test and it came back showing that I was iron deficient. Wow. So I got a, um, an infusion, which basically is just sitting in a chair where they put a, um, you know, a drip in and just give you a whole heap of iron in one dose which just means it boosts your levels right up immediately rather than okay. taking a supplement over yes. a long, longer amount of time. And I, I felt better within 24 hours. Wow. I just I woke up the next day kind of feeling brighter, as you should when you wake up after Definitely. a good sleep, you know. Yeah. Um, and since then I've I've been careful to make sure I'm maintaining it. I'm on top of it. Yes. Um, I'll take a supplement. If my levels get low, things like during my period, I make sure yeah, okay. I'm not taking a supplement. I'm having more red meat. I'm really on top of it now. And I've been mm-hmm. very lucky in that I haven't needed an infusion again yet. I'm going to say very lucky. Doesn't, infusions are yeah. you know, easy enough to get. But I've kept on top of my levels since then because I'm aware of it. And it's just this is why I'm um, happy to talk about iron deficiency mm. this week particularly because – it was so simple and I got mad at myself for not having done yeah. something earlier. I felt like crap for a year and I probably could have avoided a lot of that. And, like, yeah, of course I still get the common cold every now and then and, you know, if you're burning the candle at both ends like yes. I do, you can get run down. But, God, it's just a different level to, to when your iron is too low. So low. And it is so common in mm. women. Like it's actually ridiculously common yeah, for how many women is, are iron deficient we, and we're so unaware. Yeah. I know when I fell pregnant and you have to have your standard blood tests and it came back that I was iron deficient mm. and I thought, oh my goodness, like all of this time that I've been, you know, feeling quite run down exactly what, you know, not to the extreme that you were explaining, but I was feeling quite lethargic and mm. run down and it could have been as simple as as doing that. So I think it it's exactly what you said about awareness. It's having that yeah. awareness of how you're feeling and then actually going and doing something about it, getting it, your bloods checked. Especially during pregnancy or, mm. you know, after birth and all of that. Like yes. you know, think about how much blood you're losing. Totally. And, and all your hormones are up and down yeah. your levels. So yeah, it's it's way more common than people realize. Yes. Well, I'm really glad that you are creating awareness for that. So definitely if anyone is feeling that way, make sure you, yeah, go and get your blood tested. It's just checked. so easy. How it easy is. is it to just get a blood test? And only if you yeah. need it, don't, you know, say, take my blood now. Talk to your GP and just ask them what they think. And, you know, it's good to get your your blood tested. You can even do, you know, while you're at it. Oh, I went to Aoyan to Africa earlier this year for a friend's wedding and, you know, I did a blood test to find out which immunizations I'd had. Oh, yes. I remember last, when I had. Totally. I know I think I had hep B at school, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't Things know. Like that. I don't know. know. There's just so yeah. much. I'm just like, take all my blood and tell yeah. me what's wrong. Tell me what's right. I just think it's, it's the easiest fix. It's <laughs> so, so true. 
So you and Lee are now engaged, yeah. which is so exciting. <laughs> Do you have any plans for the wedding? We've got lots of ideas. Yes, yeah, that's always good. Plans. That's where it starts. <laughs> it's really fun at this stage because we haven't spent a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be all right. these grand plans, this massive overseas wedding with hundreds of our family and friends and like an arbor it. full of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, that lead up and that planning yeah. stage is definitely the most fun. And then oh, you look at fun. the bill at the end and you're like, oh, that's so fun. okay. <laughs> that's so fun. We've been really clever about it. So we're looking at 2021 because we would like to try to do it overseas yeah amazing um and to do that not even just from the planning side of it but I think a lot of people do destination weddings because they want people to not be able to come yeah you know they say I have had a few people say that and you know well they're not going to come but we're not like that the people we invite we actually want to be there so we want to give people enough time to you know save up and plan a trip if we're asking them to go to another country you've got to be fair with that absolutely Um, but I think knowing that we've got that extra time is making us a bit like Blase. Yeah, we've got so but much. But it's good too because it's making yeah. us save more. So we've just so even good. done little things like every week both of us put $100 into an account, you know, which is kind of nothing but yeah, we'll save it adds up. a lot more that you don't really Definitely. think about. And then if we do something that's like, you know, a kind of a one-off payment, we don't even think about that money for ourselves. It just goes straight into that account. Oh, that's a good so idea. So already we've only been engaged like three months or something yeah um and we've already saved a couple of thousand just that's so that. good i know yeah. and it's money that it's like money that you would spend mindlessly exactly. anyway that's what because we thought, it's just like dollars a week is, you're it's not, not going to notice a difference you yeah a hundred dollars a week is a hundred dollars yeah but it's also still realistic to be yeah. able to save it's a that good saving amount to Definitely. do for a wedding when we know it's going to cost yeah. us an arm and a leg to do that where i can kind of just you know i'm, I'm a bit of a shopaholic well i'll go well <laughs> i don't you know, no, I can't buy that. I can't. It is nice. Just because it's pretty. I might wait and see if it goes on sale later. Or it's, no, I don't need the Scanlon Theodore dress. I'll get a witchery one. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that kind of it's thing. such a good attitude to have. And it's so true because it does, if you have something to work towards, it just helps you save yeah, so much Yeah, but more. I also don't want to be one of those crazy brides that doesn't do anything for you before mm, their wedding yes. because they're trying to lose weight and save oh, money no and way. so they just don't leave the house. Because stuff that, being engaged is fun. Absolutely. So and that and planning stage is honestly like I just kept telling myself that that period is just as important as the actual day so yeah, like all of this money this that we're together. spending is just as important to be enjoying that process yes. than just banking everything on the one day yeah, exactly. because then it becomes Too stressful and yeah absolutely yeah. just enjoy it but if you're having a destination wedding people will come they love a holiday <laughs> That's it's why we want to do it just because we love – travel such a big thing for us to be yeah. part of our relationship and we've both just – that's one of the biggest things we bonded over when we first met is we were – we both said like the reason I want to find my forever person is because I want my travel buddy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is so beautiful. we both said that so it's really important to us and we've been to lots of destination weddings because – all our friends are as extra as us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've, they're just so much fun because you're on holiday are. and everyone's the best version of themselves are yeah. on their own holiday. And, and they make a few days out of it. Like exactly. everyone stays for a while. So it's like so much you have the pre-party in the day and yeah. then you've got the recovery. Yeah, it's so, so good. So much money. Oh, it's so exciting <laughs> for you. I'm so excited to keep watching your journey and see your wedding. It'll be amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed chatting oh, to you. Oh, thank you. I have too. I forgot we were doing a podcast. Yeah, no. Thank you for having a chat. <laughs> it's always, always. <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review for any products mentioned in today's show please check the show notes below and hit the direct links 
If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.